All right. And and, and j just for that, I'm going to watch as, as you start it, you're going to flip topics. <laughs> and in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Investment Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady and as always joining me today is Jonathan Tilger, one of Canada's top mortgage brokers. And uh, well, he's just full of spunk and energy this morning it's uh it's a good day it's day before saint patty's day that we are recording this so i'm excited for that day we have a little more freedom going on out here i'm gonna go celebrate myself jonathan i'm not gonna flip topics on you you are prepared for this even though that was part of the intro because i pressed record before you stopped talking um let's talk about today now, this, this is actually interesting to me because obviously I know the difference, but you and I have been going back to just trying to think about what people listening to this really need to understand at the basic level. And it's called, I guess, the curse of knowledge when you know so much about something that you can't speak from a beginner's point of view. Does that make sense? I, I, I think I'm following what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope so. Uh <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so that being said, in a long winded way, what if somebody's walking into the bank, what's the difference between walking into the bank and talking to one of their mortgage advisors or mortgage specialists? And if you're listening to this, pay close attention to the wording on that because it's so important. And of course, a mortgage broker or a mortgage agent. What should somebody know walking into the bank day one versus walking into your office day one? Now, for, first of all, a, a lot's going to depend on who you're speaking with. And, and that goes on both sides because walking into the bank, you could, you could speak to somebody who's highly knowledgeable on mortgages, knows their stuff inside and out, knows the other products that are out there that other lenders are potentially offering. Uh, same with a mortgage broker. You can walk in and speak with a mortgage broker, again, who knows their stuff, knows all the different products out there and can really help break things down for what you want. At the same time, you can also be speaking to somebody on both sides who does not know that they're trained for one or two things. That's all they know how to really talk about and sell. But the, the biggest difference, getting to your question, the biggest difference, <laughs> the, 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 the biggest difference going to a bank versus speaking with myself, somebody like myself as a mortgage broker is that at the bank, they're going to, they, they have one book of products to offer you, which is the, the mortgage products that they are offering. As a broker, I offer products of many of the banks in addition to a lot of non-bank lenders. So as I'm talking to a client and trying to find the best solution for them, it may be with one of the banks, it may be some, somewhere else. And part of the best solution is just educating them on, on the different options that are out there so they can really help them make the informed decision as far as which route they'd like to go. That was an even longer winded answer than my question. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's, let's break that down to layman's terms. Is this a fair analogy? If I walk into a bank, it's like walking into any store. Their salespeople are going to be there to sell me what's on their shelves. That, Whereas, that, yes, if I, if I go to an agent, let's say uh, much like uh, hiring a designer for your home, they would go out and find all of the different uh, products from all of the different stores and figure out what's best for you as opposed to just selling what's on shelves at the store. 
that is a very that's a, a very fair analogy. Uh, I'll just say with the agent or broker. Wow, don't get too committal on that compliment yeah. there, bud. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fair analogy. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah. That, 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 that is an very excellent adequate. way of breaking it down. Is that better for you? <laughs> so so with with the agent or broker, and this this is where it really can vary agent or broker, and a lot comes down to the brokerage they work with and how many different products they have, because some smaller brokerages may only have a handful of lenders. There are brokers out there who specialize only in B in private. And so if you're trying to get something done, you're an A client, they may not have the best solutions for you and vice versa. There are some that specialize in only A. And so if you are a B or private, they don't really have the solutions available for you. Wow. So there's like a whole bunch of different variables to determine uh, what's the best guy to go to or gal uh, to figure out what's the best mortgage from the best vendor. From that, 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 down. How do we simplify this? Let, let's say I, I, I don't know anything about mortgages. I don't know anything about banks, non-lender, privates, anything like that. I need to finance my home. What should I do? Call me, of course. Okay, that's a good answer. <laughs> Modesty is running rampant today. Uh, so, no, I, I mean, it, that is the purpose of us doing this, obviously. But if somebody doesn't know, and if they're, let's say they live out in Saskatchewan, or they live out, out east, which, you know, what should somebody be looking for when they walk in the front door of a brokerage? And should they go to the bank first? I know that's kind of a weird question to ask a mortgage broker, but you know what, what? What's the deal with that? What should somebody do first? Do a little bit of research on the person you're speaking with. I mean, look them up. You can find nowadays. You can go through Google. You can find reviews on people. You can find out what their experience level is, and also what their experience and size of the brokerage is. Uh, in the broker world, size does matter. And I just and I, I just mean that from the standpoint of larger brokerages tend to have more access to more lenders and better offers from the lenders. It's, it, and the, the lenders just look and they say, hey, we, we can deal with 100 of these small guys who will spend us a handful of deals or we can deal with one large brokerage. That was part of my decision in, in teaming up with the brokerage that I'm with. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually left another brokerage where for the exclusive reason that I had limited access to, to lenders and that did not work for how I like to practice. Uh, I, because I really like to have, I really like to understand what's out there in the market so I can truly offer the best solution to my client. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So what would be the difference between a broker and an agent? Really, from a consumer standpoint, there's no difference. The only difference in being a broker is that as a broker, I am a broker. As a broker, you can lead a team and you can open a brokerage. But as far as servicing, helping a consumer get a mortgage, there is not much difference. And broker doesn't necessarily mean more experience because they're brokers who really got the they started in the business. I said, I'm just going to start by getting my broker's license. Whereas there are agents who have been agents for 20 years who have phenomenal wealth of experience and just the team or the brokerage side of it. I want to focus on my clients. I don't want to focus on the team or brokerage side. So I don't need to get mm -hmm. my broker's license. That's fair. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's actually really interesting. I, it, you know what? I, I know a lot of the questions to, or the answers to these questions, but that one, I actually, I was, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by your answer. Thank you. <laughs> so would you ever recommend somebody walking into the bank first before talking to a broker? If you've got a good relationship with the bank, it does not hurt. Uh, I usually like to say you want to start with, with the, the, the number one reason I say you want to start with a broker is because the broker understands a larger range of what is available. Typically. Yes. Uh, because you go, you go to a bank, the bank's going to say, hey, here's, here's, our, here's our product mix. Well, you don't fit. And what a, what, the, what a lot of the banks have done is they've actually teamed up with some of the B lenders as a, an alternative solution. So they've got their alternative solution department. So what will happen is they'll turn around and say, well, you don't fit through us. We'll turn you over to our alternative solution department that, they, that typically they don't really understand. They're just going to hand over. So you go from, okay, the rate, uh, instead of getting a 2% rate, now you're a 4% rate if they get it done through the alternative solution department. Starting out with a broker, what I would do is, okay, you do not fit with this lender. Are there any other A lenders who will offer comparable mortgages in terms of rate, term, everything else that's being offered through that bank? Are there other A lenders who have a product that, that might fit there? Okay, if the A lenders don't fit, are, then you get into some things like credit unions who may have small niches that are not B yet. Their rates are a little bit higher than A, but they're not B rates yet. Then after that, okay, now we can look to the B. Again, there's different B lenders out there. So, so it's really, it's really because, because of the knowledge base that a, a good broker would have can find solutions that, that may not be available through a particular bank. And if that bank is the best solution, then as a broker can go there as well, again, because have that knowledge. And also a really good broker will also build relationships with with uh, which I've done with a lot of these mobile mortgage people with the, the different banks. And that is because occasionally there's a niche product the mobile mortgage person has that I as a broker do not have access to. So mm -hmm. I like to have these people available. Again, if I refer you to them, I'm not getting paid anything on that, but it's my reputation. It's really, I truly want to do what's best for my clients. So if, hey, I can't get it done this way, but I've got this mobile mortgage person who can do it, talk to them, they'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Um, I had a question there, but I, uh, I, I kind of blanked because you kept going on. Uh, <laughs> and, well, it's not the, uh, it's not that it wasn't valuable information, just saying that, that, uh, you, you brought more information in the front of my brain there. So I guess what I'm saying, or I guess what I'm, I'm trying to get at is if I walk into a bank, I'm going to have four or five products that they offer at any given time, like walking into a Roger store, you know? Rogers yes. offers you the plans that they have right now. I always love it though. When you hear somebody's had a plan so long that Rogers doesn't even know it existed. Uh, <laughs> but um, by, by using a broker, you've just got so much more access. And I guess, you know, something I suggested to a friend recently is that, Hey, if you're going to go down this route, one of the best ways to start is with a broker because a broker can share your credit report with the banks if you go into a bank, the bank pulls your credit report. They're not sharing it with anybody. And that would, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. And that would 
result in multiple pulls within a short period of time, which can negatively affect your credit rating. It, it does have a negative effect for sure. And if you do shop around, if you do, well, instead of going to a broker, I'm just going to go talk to these different lenders myself. And that's exactly what would happen. Whereas you're hundred percent right where I pull my, I pull the credit once and then I would share it with whichever lenders we would be talking to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'll just say by lenders talking to, you'd think, well, we, I've sat there and I've submitted off four applications. I'm not going to submit off four applications. I Essentially, I know after I look at an application, who will most likely approve this deal. And so before I submit anything, I'm going to talk, let's, let's, let's ha- sit down, have a conversation. Here's the different options. Let's go through it. Okay, you want to go this route here? Okay, now I'm going to submit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to you have a laundry list of all your lenders and you know all their appetites, right? Exactly the case. Whether it's uh, rural, urban, Ontario, out east, you know, high loan to value, low loan to value, farmland, industrial, all of those things you're going to know in in your, you know, what, 12 plus years of experience now? Yeah, exactly. And who's going to actually lend on that? Exactly. The bigger part there is also getting into employed, self-employed, somebody, mm-hmm. somebody who gets commission, all these other things, all these variables that, that are in the income people are earning nowadays. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. And and especially like, you know, when you get into the weirder stuff uh, where people have, you know, one of the common things you and I hear all the time is um, I'm self-employed or, or I have a business and I don't show much income. Well, there's still ways to get that done. You're not going to go to be able to go to TD for that, but there's definitely ways that it can be done because brokers just have a larger box that they can fit people into instead of that little narrow one that the banks use. Now, that being said, Obviously, you use banks on a regular basis to finance your clients um, because the banks are going to give the best rates, typically. I mean, there's always an exception to a rule. I don't know of any exception to that rule, but I'm going to hedge a little bit because that's what you always do. That being said, is it is it taboo to ask you which bank you would say ends up financing more of your customers? Um. So I'm going to take a step back on your question there because you said banks banks always or typically give the best rates. It depends on the circumstances because there's a lot of what are termed monoline lenders. These are lenders that as a consumer, you can't usually just walk into. They don't have any shops. Uh, they don't usually gen- – the only channel they generate new, new mortgages through is through the broker channel. And a lot oh, of I, the, haven't, I haven't actually heard the term monoline in a while. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there, there are, there are companies, some of the bigger names out there is there's really first Nat, first national, uh, first national MCAP, um, and, and, uh, P- P- paradigm quest, uh, home trust. Well, home trust is more plays in the B space. Okay. Uh, but, but these are lenders that, sp- that specialize specifically in residential mortgages. That is the only thing. Well, that is the primary business they do. Let me, let me word it that way. Some of them have gotten into other things, but that's their primary business. Uh, and so with that, there are many circumstances, particularly for, for first-time buyers where it's an insured mortgage, meaning you're putting less than 20% down, where they are actually more aggressive and they, they give better pricing. And the, the interesting side, because these companies have specialized specifically in mortgages, mortgage underwriting, those types of things, several, several of the banks are actually turning to them to handle their underwriting. There, there is one of the big banks who, who is 100% handled by 
whose un- mortgage underwriting is 100% channeled are handled by uh, by one of these monolines. I obviously, for confidentiality, I'm not going to say names here, but but it does happen just because they say, hey, you guys specialize in this. This is what you do. You handle you handle this side of the business for us. Outsourcing at its finest. Yes. So, <clears throat> we got a little high level on this. Um, I, I forget where my original question was on that, um, which is great. I love going into the detail, but I'm, well, I, you, you, you were asking me about which if I got one of the yeah, which it, banks which one I you- use. You know, which ones do you see come up more often? Now, you don't have to commit to one, but which ones do you end up taking your, your clients to more often than others? I, I'm that that's not really a fair question that I don't want to. So I, I, <laughs> I I'm, knew I, it. I knew I, it. I, I, I'm going to it avoid depends. that question just <laughs> just be, because every one of the banks I work with, every lender I work with, they've got different specialties. Uh, and so to highlight one or two specialties, I feel is not fair because they all have different specialties, different niches that I like to use them for. How about I rephrase that question then? What percentage ballpark of mortgages that you fund would you say end up going to banks? Schedule one, you know, top five, six banks. Probably 40%. Okay. That, that's a fairer question. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> leaves us a whole lot of room for interpretation but no that's good that you know 40 percent uh that come to you end up going to because how many times do you here's a good question how many times do you have people say i went to the bank and before they come you know before they actually start your pro, their process with you uh, uh maybe 20 30 percent okay but it does happen you know fairly frequently happen, yes, every yes. one out of every three Yes. <clears throat> Do you have any advice for those who have gone to the bank, didn't get qualified, and now they're sitting in limbo going, I don't know what to do. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to mess up my credit report by having multiple polls and all that stuff. Well, the, the big the big question is to understand, and this is yourself as a consumer, if you've been if they can't get it done, understand why. Because a lot of times well, we can't do the mortgage for you. Okay, great. Now what do you do? But if it's here's why we can't do it for you here's a solution that might be available for you. It's a different story that, I mean, there are some circumstances, be it credit, uh, be it, be it, okay, you need, need, wouldn't it be better to be told, okay, you need a little more savings for your down payment or, or do you have any other source of income? Because based on the price that you're looking for, your income isn't high enough. Mm-hmm. If you move down to this price, then we can get things done for you. Mm-hmm. Or particularly credit, and this is one of the big ones. Is uh, is well, we can't get it done because of your credit. Well, yeah. great. Well, here are the here's the specific items on your credit that you need to look at to address. If you pay this card down and pay this card down, your score is going to rebound, and so it will be in the range we need to do probably in in forty five to sixty days. Yep. And you know what? To further to further to that, if it's further than you know forty five to sixty days out you can actually game plan with them to say, hey, here's your five-year plan. Maybe we go private for the first year, refinance here, get this done. And then in a year a year out, we refinance to the B lender. And then two years, three years out, we, you know, we've got you with an A lender and, and back at the banks. You know, that, that, that's something that I also find very interesting about your strategies is that it's not just a one and done. It's like, hey, let's get you into the best possible position within the next five years or so. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, really cool. and, and so, sometimes, as you say, it's okay, we, we can start out with a B lender or a private. Uh, sometimes it's, we can start that route. Or if you just did these things, then in 30 to 60 days, we, we could get it done with an A lender. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that, that and then that's huge. You know, one of the things from a, a consumer perspective that I, I don't know if it's this way anymore, but I always think of the you know the old farm couple throwing on their Sunday best to go in and talk to the bank manager about a new uh, a new mortgage, whereas you know people come to a mortgage broker and it's more like. Ugh what can you do for me? <laughs> Am I wrong in that? You know, they go out with their hat, their hand groveling at the bank and they come to a mortgage broker like, hey, you better perform when they've got a, well, probably a better shot at getting it done with the mortgage broker than they ever do at the bank. <laughs> Am I am I wrong in that? Is that a, is that a paradigm that is completely passed by now? I, I think of the farm couple getting dressed up to go to the bank. I think that paradigm is passed. But uh, but I I, Dude, I, I I see it out here <laughs> in front of my window. I literally see it. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. You you live out there. I'm I'm I live in the city. So it's a, <laughs> you don't see a lot of farm couples in the city. I get that, it. Exactly the case. Yes. <laughs> but no, I, I'm talking about that. Like the, going in and begging for money from the bank versus going to a broker and saying, you know you work for me do this is, does that paradigm still exist amongst people where you know they look at the bank and, and they'll beg whereas they you know they're fed up with everything so they come to a broker and they don't necessarily have the best attitude when it comes to brokers there are there are a number of situations i've seen where where some people come in with expectations mm -hmm. this is what okay, i've got this is what i want to buy let's make it happen yeah okay so i mean the number one thing is let's let's recheck Let's take a reality check on where you're at. Mm -hmm. And after we've done that, now we can go through and determine here's what can be done. If that, uh, if that other, <laughs> sorry, just a story popped in my head. I think I'll just share it. So... <laughs> oh, please and and, and this, 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 this came from an agent who, uh, who worked in my brokerage many years ago. So she's like, well, I've got this client. They're currently, uh, they're currently renting a place about $1,600 a month. They, they don't want to rent anymore and they want to buy a $2 million house. Okay. So it's, it's rent or $2 million. Is there no mid ground in there? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. How's that work? <laughs> yeah. That, that one in that, and, and that's where you've got to sit this person down and give them a reality check on where they're at. They, if they're, they're, Making ends meet at sixteen hundred bucks a month to a two million dollar house, their expenses are going to go through the roof. They'll probably be about eight times they're carrying eight to ten times their carrying expenses right now, and they don't have the income. So you've got to give them a reality check and, and work out numbers and show them what they can do. Or they, you know, the the other side of that is uh, I want to retire in two years and <laughs> help help me make that happen. Well, how much have you saved? <laughs> how much is your house worth? All that and well, nothing. Yep. You don't own a property, but you want to retire in two years. I don't know how to do that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so realistic expectations are necessary. But I think that's also, you know, really a, a testament to what a broker is going to do for you is put that long-term game plan together for you. Whereas walking to the bank, you might not see that same person there when it's time for you to renew. And you've got a personal commitment that way. You, you do see that on a regular basis where you do have a lot of turnover in the banks. Yeah. Um, so that that can happen where the person who you've built a great connection with has moved on to another branch or moved up in position in somewhere else at the bank or become a mortgage broker. <laughs> you see that, too. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. On that note, I think we should wrap this one up, Jonathan. Any uh, any any last words of wisdom you'd like to share? Uh, really, if you are in a position you're looking to buy, refinance, something's coming up, you want to look at your mortgage love to speak with you, love to go through things and let you know the different options, both with your current lender as well as other lenders that are out there for you. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. So uh, in short, call Jonathan if you need something. Uh, <laughs> and you can get a hold of Jonathan by sending us an email at ipincome at a mortgageplan.com. Of course, you can go to our website and download the free book, the Investment Property Income Book. Uh, what would the, I guess the, the website would be the exact same name. <laughs> the investment, just investmentpropertyincomebook.com. Again, if you want to get a hold of Jonathan, ipincome at a mortgageplan.com. And uh, thank you for listening. I really got to work on this outro. I stall every time. Have a fantastic day. We will see you next time or listen to you or you'll listen to us. Something like that. Oh, oh, oh. Let's announce. We have an announcement. March 30th. We're going to be. It's Tuesday, March 30th. At, uh, I guess we'll do it at 12. Let's do it at 12. We're well, sounds do- great a live podcast via zoom we will send out that link next week in emails so you have it if you want to join us ask some questions uh comment tell jonathan how good he looks on camera all of those things we'll be doing it live and uh you can participate in that one so that will be tuesday march the 30th 1 p.m sorry 12 p.m anyhow that's it for us for now thanks for joining us we'll talk to you soon have a fantastic day